Our reading today comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Then Jesus said, Once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and travelled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was a severe famine in that land, so he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realised what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the young son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son, who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted and said, Son, you're home now. Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger. And bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate, for this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found, and everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Now the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned, and as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. So he called over one of the servants and asked, what's going on? The servant replied, it's your younger brother. He's returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, father, listen. How many years have I been working like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son? 
and I've never once disobeyed you. But you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you even given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. He's come back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living. And here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate. For him, the father said, my son, you are always with me by my side. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this and be overjoyed because this brother of yours was once dead and gone, but now he is alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he is found. Thanks, Lynn. That was uh, beautifully led. And uh, we had a different version of that very familiar story, sort of disarm us a little bit so that we can enter into it afresh. Uh, we're doing a whole series on the heart, and today I want to talk about the Father's heart. And as revealed in this story, the Father's heart, and I won't uh, speak for long, I just want to make a few remarks. As I reflected on this, what can we learn about the Father heart of God, and how does that speak to us today? So that we notice here that the Father allowed his child uh, to make their choices, even when they he disagreed with him. And he could foresee the negative consequences. I'm not sure how you would go if somebody rocked up to you and said, hey, look, I know you're still living, but you know uh, in your will, if you can just push it forward a little bit and make it a bit more snappy and sort of just like as if you were dead, just cough up the money that would be if you were to drop dead. So would that be okay, Dad? How many, you know, how, I would not be okay with that. You know, to be sized up, to work out the, what, what I've got as assets and to do that. So it was interesting here, the father allows the son to make a choice even when they can see and foresee the negative consequences. It's hard to let go as parents. It's hard to empower your children to make choices, to make mistakes, to wear the consequences. You might say as you watch a child grow, you're going down this path my experience says this will end very badly, and sometimes we're right. Allowing children to make mistakes and empowering them to make choices is a painful thing. But it is a part of parenting, and it was a part of the father's heart. So he allowed his child to face the consequences of his choices, uh, including uh, getting so low that he had to come to his own senses Everything in me wants to rescue people. So I see myself in the church as somewhat of a, uh, a father to you all or a, a shepherd. And so very protective, the same as in my family. And so what happens is the father lets his son get so low that he had to wake up for himself. He didn't go and rescue him. You know, as our children grow... When we continue to rescue them, particularly when they're adults, uh, we can make a rod for our own back. Huh? Do I hear some murmurs out there of our men? Just go, mmm, mmm. If we continue to rescue them, and the second thing that happens, we make a rod for our own back, but the other thing that happens is we stunt their growth. And so they don't learn to grow into mature adulthood 
because all the responsibility and the consequences for decisions that are being made are being borne and worn uh, by the parents. I think we can imagine the kind of things that I'm talking about. So his father's there left on the farm with a grumbling son. His son is out there whooping it up in the big city. Uh, He longed for his return and he did it with a longing heart. Uh, Many parents live with a longing heart. Many parents aren't in the relationship with their children that they could be, should be or would like to be. And so sometimes parents live with a longing heart. Some of us here might resonate with that. So he had no certainty that his son would, would come home. He never knew. All he knew is that his son packed up, took his share of the farm, and then chuffed off to the big smoke. He had no idea whether his son would ever return. He had no idea whether he would ever be in a relationship with him again. That is painful. That is painful. Maybe he would come back. Maybe he wouldn't come back. Maybe he wouldn't see his son again. Maybe a messenger would come that his son had passed away through his wild and reckless living. But do you know what? He never closed off his heart. He never went in such self-protection when his son had let him down and hurt him so badly. He never shut down his heart. He never said, well, to hell with you. Blow you. He never closed off his heart. He never washed his hands of his son. He longed for his return with a longing heart and he waited for him daily with an open heart and an open door. He never gave his son the speech, if you leave, never come back. And so this is some of the father's heart. A few other features of the father's heart. Echoes and mirrors the heart of God. He welcomed him back without heaping guilt on him for a life of prostitutes, plonk and pigs. Without heaping uh, guilt on him. He really could have done the I told you so speech. How many people here are master of the I told you so speech? We're getting, we're going, Come on, you're just so godly and good, you people, you lying church. Come on, honest to God. How many people are the I told you so speech makers? Yeah, come on. He never, <laughs> he never did that. See, and the other thing is he refused to allow his son to denigrate himself. His son had done shameful things and was in a position if his self-esteem had been so smashed that he wanted to come home. He felt worthless. He felt that I'll be lucky to get a gig as a servant. I Don't call me a son. I'm just happy to serve on the farm. This is my station in life. This is where I belong. His father said, not in my house you don't. Not in the father house of God will you be allowed to denigrate yourself. Not in the father house of God you won't be treated with full rights and full honours as a child of God. It doesn't matter how much you blow it, the father will restore you. He will bring you up. He will crown you as the, the apple of his eye. He will not allow us to live with a sense of worthlessness because he has sent Jesus for us. He will not treat us like servants. He will always treat us like sons and daughters. Nor did the father play the victim. He didn't go up to his son, How can you do this to me? Look at me, I'm a wreck. My hair's gone grey. No, let's, okay. Let's move on from that point. Um, Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. What about me? You didn't think about me. He didn't play the victim. Didn't heap it on his son. 
Do you know what he did? He just drew a line in the sand and he stepped over it and said, let's move it on from here. Parents, sometimes you can't do an autopsy on everything that happens in your children's life. Sometimes you just got to be the bigger person. You just got to draw a line in the sand and you just got to step across it and say, we're in new territory here. We're moving on from this point. See, he didn't go back. Let's sit down and talk about what happened. You arrived and then, oh, you squandered your money. Okay, let's go over everything that you did. What did you do? What was the timetable like? He didn't go over it as if it was a play-by-play, which will happen to Manly, I'm sure, this week, uh, how that they can explain the wholesale destruction by um, Melbourne Storm last night. Um, There needs to be some video Uh, accountability there but the father didn't give his son a blow by blow play by play rub his nose in it episode when he got home he just loved him the father doesn't want to go over everything and rub your nose in all your sins and all your mistakes he wants to forgive you he wants to restore you and he wants to empower you to live in relationship with him that is the nature of our father God and instead of hiding him away in some shameful thing if he could just Stand behind there when people come over because you've really brought a lot of shame on the family. You shameful child. You have done all this stuff. The father was loud and proud. You know, and and so what if people said, oh my giddy aunt, have you heard what that son did to his father? He's a beast of a child. father just said suck it up princess we're just moving on I love my son and I'm loud and proud and I'm going to embrace him I'm going to restore him the ring goes on his finger to show that he's got authority the robe and the shoes go on and we're going to have an absolute feast in his honor and so he called on others to rejoice he was lovingly and proudly uh, restoring his child that's what God does to us when you blow it he doesn't put you in the cupboard in shame he spent money on him, even though his son had wasted money. He spent more money on lavish and extravagant feast upon him. And he managed the resentment and the ill feeling of the other sibling. He was jealous. He felt overlooked and he felt less favoured. But his behaviour towards the wayward brother did not go unchallenged. The father did not let him simmer away. He, did, he defended his son. He had a firm and frank discussion but it was a loving conversation where he affirmed his love for him. And so this is the Father's heart. This is the Father's heart for you today. This is the Father's heart for us in this story. We see the Father's heart. This is the Father's heart. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And what was he? He was... Filled with compassion for him. He didn't wait at the gate. He didn't stand there indignant. He didn't cross his arms. He didn't start tut, tut, tut. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And that's what the Father God does to you. He runs after you. He hugs you. He restores you. He loves you. He forgives you. He embraces you. He heaps grace upon you. He restores you to the position of the son and the daughter of the living God. Hallelujah. This is the father heart of God today. The father heart of God today is one that is unconditional. It is gracious and it is restorative. Friends, may God give us 
all such a heart as this. Amen.